um, let's take a bit of time in the Bible and uh, let God shape our life through his word. Father, we just want to right now stop and say thank you for your word, your Bible, the scriptures. And that as we read them and as we sit in, um, under the goodness of them, you, you can shape our life for good, for healing, for vision, for strength, and for hope. And so we ask that you do that, Lord, as we spend time in your scriptures this morning. In Jesus' name, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just help me articulate the things that are on your heart for your greater glory and your fame in the life of everyone in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, <clears throat> last week, obviously, Nicole and I weren't here a bunch with, with a bunch of other of the leaders here at Vineyard Pine Rivers. We were in Melbourne for the Vineyard Australia Leadership Conference. And um, thank you for praying for us. Thank you for um, just cheering us on. I know there's a lot of people praying and cheering us on. We had a, about 100 leaders from across the vineyard movement here in Australia all bundled into one room together in Melbourne for about 48 hours. And God was very generous and kind with his presence. And a number of our leaders were receiving incredible equipping and resourcing for the task of being servant leaders in their local churches. Everyone from senior pastors to elders to people that work on boards to um, people who are serving as leaders in youth and children's ministries. Um, anyone that There was a whole range of people that were in the room and it was wonderful to see how God was um, equipping them for the task of loving and serving his people. And we want to say thank you that you continue to support uh, Nicole and I uh, as we... Uh, in this season of figuring out how we do that across Australia. You guys are an amazing engine room, let me tell you. You are an amazing engine room. And without the piece of the engine room that you play in the things of God, um, we would not be able to do what God's asking us to do. And so we understand acutely, you need to hear this, we understand very, very much that we are only as effective get to be as effective as we are because we know that there's this engine room of people that are cheering us on before God and participating in that through prayer and words of encouragement towards us and, and just your generosity of support to step into places and spaces that we can't be in and we want to say thank you. It is noticed and it is we are very aware of it and we want to say thank you and good on you, church. You're doing a wonderful work. A couple of weeks ago, I started a series about <coughs> vision. And you may remember I was talking about when Nicole and I were recently with the vineyard leaders in the UK from around the world. We were listening to a guy from Nepal share his story. And as he was sharing his story about how God was challenging him, all of a sudden, um, God began to speak, to speak to my heart. And he started to revisit to me a whole bunch of vision that I've been carrying in my heart for many, many years. And um, <clears throat> you may remember that uh, this vision that I shared a couple of weeks ago was a vision that God gave to me the very day that Nicole and I became the senior pastors of Vineyard Pine Rivers. Now, that vision was, um, when I say God gave it to me, let me tell you how it exactly happened. So the guys and, and the men and women who were um, a part of the leadership team of this church on the day that Nicole and I 
became the senior pastors, not in the gathered sense, but around a kitchen table where everyone resigned and then Nicole and I stepped in, they all laid hands on us and said, God, would you put your spirit on these guys? And as he did, God began to um, engage in a conversation with me right there at this dinner table. And that vision that he showed me was, first and foremostly, he came and stood in front of me very dynamically, very clearly. I can still, um, in the telling, I can still feel the presence of Jesus in the telling. And I'm, I'm talking about something that's happened, I don't know, uh, 13, 14 years ago now. But it's like in the telling of it, it becomes very, very present to my heart. And Jesus came and stood in front of me with his back to me. And he looked over his right shoulder and he looked me square into my eye, both my eyes. And, and you know when someone's really looking into your eyes, not just glancing past your eyes or not just kind of like around your eyes, but like really looking deep into your eyes. Well, Jesus was looking directly and very deeply into my eyes so that I knew that it wasn't just, uh, I wasn't just seeing him with my natural eyes, but I was seeing, I was experiencing him with the eyes of my heart that Paul talks about in Ephesians, that they might be opened to a revelation of the wisdom and of God in, in, in Jesus. And so <clears throat> as I'm in this moment, he stands in front of me, he puts, looks over his right shoulders, looks me squarely in the eyes, and he says, two things, Kirk. Stay close to me and keep up. And at that, he turned his gaze from me to where he was going. And he started to move off into what was obviously ahead, the journey ahead. And I literally felt like a jolt of the Holy Spirit in the chair that I was sitting in almost lift me and lurch me forward as if there was a sense of there's momentum going on right now and Jesus, this is my task. If you want to know what my task has been (laughs) as your servant leader for the last 13 years, this has been the priority of my task to stay as close as I can to Jesus and keep up with what he's doing in, 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 that se- in the seasons of following him. Well, at that point, Jesus then began to open up a whole field of vision to me. And it was like a, um, you might call it like a movie screen kind of opened up in front of me or a canvas for some who might be painting uh, painters or draw, drawers. It was like, it was like, like an expanse opened up in front of me and I saw Jesus moving and as he went, he went up a hill. <clears throat> and I knew that this hill was the very mountain of God, this, this kingdom of God, this mountain that he was climbing. And as he climbed that mountain, I knew that this was God's kingdom. And, and I was doing my best to keep up with him as we were scaling different parts of the mountain, as we were, there was easy parts of the journey, there was some really hard tough parts of it all but we climbed the mountain and as we climbed the mountain we got to this the 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 top of this mountain and it was a very vast big expansive area and there was all these different groups of people but there was this group of people kind of down over that way sort of thing and and they were literally um, tending to a vineyard there was people tilling the ground there was people planting plants there were people pruning 
and trimming vines. There was people um, getting rid of vines and putting them on a um, big fire, getting rid of them. There was people gathering grapes and lugging grapes along and and there, they, there was people throwing them into a, um, a big wooden vat. And the big wooden vat was like, have you ever seen that old school style of stomping on grapes? You know, it was like, it was like that. There was a whole bunch of other people that were inside the vat and they were stomping grapes and all stuff. And it was amazing. There was people there from every age and stage of life. There was children. There was folk in their latter years. It was just like this whole range of age but there was this great sense of joy and freedom about what was going on. And, and I knew instinctively that what I was looking at was Jesus was saying, there's your tribe, there's your people. And I knew it was us. And they, we were having this great, great time with Jesus as, um, as doing what he'd asked us to do as his kingdom people. And as the people were stomping the grapes, <laughs> there was a little, just a little, little tiny crack at the bottom of the vat. And out, out of the bottom of the vat was just a small trickle of wine. But that small trickle of wine flowed out and down the, so, the other side of the mountain where I couldn't see, but I knew it was going down this mountain. So I, I followed that trickle with my eyes, and as I followed it down, all of a sudden it became bigger and wider and deeper, and then it became this great river as it flowed down the other side. And people from, there was like people from everywhere, they just came and lay down some, next to that river. Some people were just drinking and scooping with their hands. Some people were like no hands, just head in. They were just enjoying this river of, of, of wine that was flowing down this mountainside. And at this point, <clears throat> now it was really big, it was about, about 10,000 people drinking at this river. And as, as this was going on, um, I was like, God, you need, what's going on here? And he, I said, what's this river about? And Jesus said to me, Kirk, that's my mercy. That's my mercy that's coming out of who, 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 you, who, who Vineyard Pine Rivers is. It's my mercy. It's just flowing out. And there was 10,000 people drinking from it. And then all of a sudden, this cloud came over, out from the top of the mountain. And it came out and it hovered over where these 10,000 people were all drinking and enjoying the presence of this river in their life. And, I was, and it started raining on them. And all of their faces lifted up from drinking in the river to facing the cloud. And then the cloud was just raining. And it was more wine. It was the same stuff that was coming out of the vat. And it was more wine. And, and I just said, Lord, what's that about? And he said, that's even more of my mercy. It's like, gosh, what kind of God do we worship? <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, as, as people's attention was turned to the cloud, the presence of God's mercy, what, just, just washing their lives, the cloud moved back over the mountain and all these people followed the course of the river back to the mountaintop and they came into the kingdom of God and they joined the party that was going on where we were. This, this vision has something that I've carried for a long time. And the only way that I can explain how do you carry something like vision for our life, now let's just personalise this for you guys. How do we carry something that Jesus has given us so personally and so powerfully over a long period of time? Well, I would want to say my first response to that is simply this. It, it, it really does come down to relational proximity to Jesus. 
Now that's not profound, is it? And yet it is at the same time. It's not rocket science. It is relationship. Personal proximity to Jesus of holding on to the things that he has asked us to hold on to. Not not necessarily having figured out how it's all going to play out, but just to carry what he's asked you to carry. Now, he may have put things in your heart and my heart for our families and our friends, for the schools that we work in, for the universities that we're attending, for the hospitals that we work in. God may have put some things in your heart. He's just asking you to carry it for him and partner with him in seeing that gently come to pass. God has purpose and vision for all of our lives and it's, it's in this season that we believe God is again pouring out vision for your life and for mine. Now, we use this um, proverb from Proverbs 29:18. King Solomon said, Where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, the message version of it reads like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Isn't that it? So who's getting in the way? <laughs> we are. We get in the way. You know, oh, don't worry about it. I'll fix it. I'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just give it a bit more muscle. I'll push them, those folk into the place that I need them and want them to be in. We get in the way. And we stumble all over it. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. Not attending to what we want, but attending to what he is asking us to carry for his great name's sake in very practical and personal ways. Now, that word vision in, in Proverbs 29 or revelation means mental sight, a dream, a, a, a revelation. And, um, and people perish from, uh, you know, where there is no revelation. Another reading of it says people perish for lack of revelation. And that, that, that word means that people are, are not caught up by the constraints of what God is wanting their life to be for. And so what they do is they give themselves to their own drummed up vision for life. Um, it's interesting, I've got Exodus 32 there. You should go visit Exodus 32, okay? It's the story of what happened when Moses went with um, Joshua up the mountain to get the revelation of the words of God for the people of Israel as they were moving into their new promised inheritances. And, you know, we call it the Ten Commandments or the Mosaic Law, it was as, as we've termed it. Um, and in the... Before that came, while these guys were away up the mountain getting this revelation, this vision, this picture of God for the future of God in the earth with his people, what were the people doing? Well, they were like, we have no vision, and so what do we do? Why don't we just collectively take all our gold and let's, like, let's boil it down and let's build ourselves something? And so the scriptures tell us they built a calf, golden calf, and they bowed down and they started worshipping it. They, got, they all got into the, into the go-juice and they all started having a massive orgy. That's, that's where it goes in the absence of the constraints of the life and the love of the vision of God. It's not that we don't go, we go nowhere. We do. We either 
as the scripture is telling us, as the Bible is telling us, the nature of who we are is that we're either giving ourselves to the constraints of the invitations of God saying, come this way, I want you to live like this, I've given you my spirit to be able to do this. And in the absence of that, we build something for ourselves. And it's usually fairly self-pleasing, self-gratifying, and it's all about us when it's always meant to be all about him in who we find our greatest joy and pleasure in life. So in the absence of vision, that's what happens. So the question is, whose vision for life are we serving? Whose vision for your life are you serving? His vision for your life? And if you don't have a sense of that right now, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here today to give you a very acute picture and an understanding and a handle because this is the mercy of God. He wants us all to have a very strong revelation of Jesus Christ to be able to follow him and and carry what it is that he's asking us to carry. Listen to the words of Paul when he's praying for the Ephesian church. He he, he prays this prayer in um, Ephesians is it up there? I think I've dropped off. I have. My internet's just dropped out. So, Bruce, could you go to the next slide for me, please? Thank you. This is Ephesians 1, verses 17 to 23. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, vision, so that... So that you can have a great experience and roll around on the floor and say, "Woo! I just got zapped and slapped by God. Well, that's part of it. But he doesn't want you on the floor. You see, there's a whole world that needs to be loved, just like you are being loved on the floor in that space. God wants that for everyone. So you've got to come up off the floor and go into all the world with what you received on the floor. Got it? I love those, I heard one guy say it this week, he said, I love those cannonball experiences of God where he just comes into our life and just crashes in and completely turns it all upside down and and we just end up like this great mess in front of God saying, oh my goodness, you've completely shattered my life with your love. He says, I love those moments and they happen, you know, he said, here and there along the way. But he said, I also love that God is so committed to me that he's pouring out his spirit on me every minute of every day and he's whispering tenderly to my heart his wisdom in every moment and decision and choice. We want both. We want the cannonball and we want the whispers of the revelation of the Holy Spirit every moment of every day. And some of you in this room right now be going, I could do with a cannonball. Well, just let, we'll, we'll pray for that in a minute. And some of you might be saying, I've had so much cannonball, I just need a little bit of whisper. Please, Lord. Both end. It's all good. It's all good. So that... Uh, so that you may know him better. I pray also that, uh, I pray also that the eyes of your heart, again the capacity to see God, the capacity to know, the capacity to understand that they may be enlightened in order that 
you may know the hope to which he has called you, the glorious inheritance of his saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly re- in the heavenly realm, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in this present age but in also the age to come. And God's placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, for the community of the people of Jesus in the earth, uh, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's how Paul is praying. This is, and the reason why he prays like this is because he understands just how vitally important it is for every single person to have a sense of vision from God and leadership from God in their life. And so this is how he prays, and this is why he prays, and this is how we are praying. For our, I pray like this for myself, my first, but it doesn't quite sound like Paul. It sounds more like me every morning getting out of bed going, oh, Jesus, please show me what you're doing today that I can just follow you and join you in that. I, I need to see you. I want to see you. Show me what you're doing. Help me stay close by the power of your Holy Spirit. We told the story a couple of weeks ago of Zacchaeus, and you may remember how his life got completely turned all upside down after he met Jesus. He had this encounter with Jesus, and it had an immediate impact that was here and now. It was for the sake of the poor or others, and he wanted to make everything that had been wrong in his life right He placed himself in a context where those people around him had spiritual hunger. They wanted to see Jesus. And so he hung around them even when he didn't have a hunger to see Jesus. Now, I want to just at this point just take a very sort of mechanical sort of right-hand turn here and explain why vision is really important for our life. And I've used a whole bunch of kind of words and phrases here to hopefully help paint some... um, some helpful tools on why and the role that vision plays in our life or the function of it. And these are just a few. When we have vision, it's the ability to see in our heart and mind God's direction and leading for our lives. Vision is like a bridge between where I am and where I'm going. Vision is like the eye of faith to be able to see something that is invisible actually begin to become visible as we follow God. You might have seen something of what the Holy Spirit has told you, what your life is for in following Jesus. And you see that with the eye of your faith. It, it's also important because... Um, it's, it, it releases a lifestyle of invitation to partner with God, to partner with what God is doing. These are all sort of realities and experiences and words that I'm trying to put to um, both my journey and the, uh, the journey of people in Scripture as they've followed the vision of God in their life. There's an inner fire. It's like... When you tell that story, other people around you, all of a sudden, they come alive to and aware of God as you're telling that story. 
of that encounter, of that vision, of what God showed me. It's a, it's a dream that all, it almost seems very lofty. It almost seems so, so far out there. It's so beyond and yet it's so present of God's kingdom. It's a kingdom dream. I, you know, recently I've been carrying around with me everywhere in my bag again, in my little backpack that I take everywhere with me, the little uh, gift I got given, which is a little HR Holden car. It's all done up and awesome. It's renovated. It looks awesome. And you may remember many, for those of you who were here, but for those of you who weren't here, many years ago, God gave us a very strong dream about uh, an old beat-up HR Holden car, and it was all about him inviting us into a journey of purchasing this property. And at that stage, I went and found someone. So great was this vision. So clear was it to me as I was talking with Jesus about it in my sleep, of all things. He showed me this HR Holden car. It was so powerful, so strong. I went out and found a guy who had that exact car. And I asked him, I said, can I, can I pay you for the next 10 weeks every Sunday? I just want you to drive that car. And we, we didn't have these little louvers here at that time. And he drove that car and he parked it right here in the middle of this floor. He parked it right there for about 10 weeks. And for about 10 weeks, we'd get together and we'd walk around this thing and we'd kick it and we'd look in it and we'd see the rust that was in it. And we, but it was God was inviting us into something. He was using this vision to draw us into a future that he had for us. God will give you little icons and symbols and pictures and dreams to, to pull us from where we are into what he's wanting to bring. Now, that HR Holden car that I carry in my bag is fully renovated. It's really nice. I don't know if it has air conditioning, <laughs> but it's very nice. It's very nice. And so, you know, and we as a people have journeyed with God to purchasing that. And now, and now we've got this incredible asset base here. While it's um, locked up in reserves, it's an asset in bricks and mortars. It, we're securing a future for the generations that are going to get to really drive around in that really awesome car that are still ahead of us. Now, I want to part partner with God, though, in the renovation process because he's calling us to it. So it's a dream. It almost seems too big, too far away. And yet there's something of God in it that says, hey, come with me into this. It seems too lofty at times. But if it wasn't for the loftiness of the grace of God, then what we would do is we would settle for what we could imagine. We would settle for what we could build. And we would stay at the end of the day, look what I've done. And God have mercy on us if we do. Because that's not what we're called to. We're meant to enjoy following God, following Jesus. That's what this year is all about, as being disciples of his. Come, follow me, said Jesus. And in it, the function of a vision is it does have that sense of God's presence. It does have that sense of it's so big and so far, and yet there's this sense of power in the invitation that causes us to want to follow and go there. This may be not, you know, this may be with regards to relationships. This may be regards to your own self-identity. This may be with regards to, the, to your dream uh, and vision for um, growing your children and, and parenting. 
There's all these visions that God is drawing and calling us into. But we're praying that the Holy Spirit would give you wisdom and revelation. Now, one of the things I do want to point out is this. When God gives you vision, it brings tension. And we're not scared of tension because tension is a really good sign that there's momentum and movement. Because when, when there's tension, it means God's calling me towards something from where I am. And often we'll feel like, oh, I can't go there, God. Or I don't know what it's going to be like. Or I feel very uncomfortable with this. Or you may be at a point of going, it's about time. Let's get on with it. And everything in between. I just want to acknowledge that because what happens is with vision is God gives us this picture of a future that he's inviting us into, whatever the circumstance that he's calling us towards. And yet at the same time, there's a sense of it breaking into the here and the now. There's a sense of, I want to see that right here, right now. And we get, we get glimpses of that, don't we, as kingdom people. When we, when we say to someone who's, who is sick and unwell and their body is broken, we have a vision, we've been given a vision of the kingdom of God that's coming in all its glory and all its power where there's no more sickness, there's no more pain, there's no more any of that. It's, there's just healing, healing, healing. And Jesus says, pray for that to come right now into the present. And so we do that and at times we see the kingdom break through with great power. And so we live in this place of tension of there's the future it's, but it's breaking in right now and we live the journey of that, that experience. It's both present and future. It's now, it's happening right now and yet it's still on its way. And so we live like this place of tension. That's what happens when Jesus starts to give you vision. It's also partial and yet, you know, one of the wonderful things I love about um, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is that when we get together, he, he graces someone with a word of knowledge. He graces someone with a word of wisdom. He graces someone with faith. He gives someone, graces someone with miracle-working power. He graces someone with prophetic utterance and tongues and interpretation of tongues. He, he gives a little – well, he gives all of himself in, you know – in that manifestation of his gifting to unique people. And as we get together and release that, it touches the whole community of God. It touches the whole deal. It's partial and yet it's whole. It's individual and yet the implications, wherever you follow God, if you're going to follow a God vision, if you're going to follow a Jesus vision, it's always going to be have implications of touching a whole group of people. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, and you get the Lord's Prayer there in Matthew 5, that the kingdom would come into the earth just like it is in heaven. Vision is what fuels and releases us as the Spirit of God draws us into God's plans, and it releases joy, and it releases anticipation, and it releases um, all sorts of challenge along the way. But God's just asking you to carry it with him. So what are we moving towards? Because whatever is in front of you is where you're going. Whatever's in front of you is where you're going. Now that doesn't, that's just, that just makes sense to me. Or whoever's in front of you is who you're following. So who are you putting in front of you? Paul says it like this in, 
in 1 Corinthians 9, 1, he says, am I not a free man? Now, he was depend- he was kind of defending himself at this point to a whole bunch of other people that who called themselves super apostles. And, 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 and Paul, well, Paul, I think, tagged them as super apostles, but he tagged them that because they were kind of super- making themselves superior to Paul in terms of the apostolic. And Paul just pushes back on that a little bit. And here's what he says. He says, am I not a free man? He's articulating his current personal and spiritual reality. I'm a free man. In other words, he's saying to those guys, I'm not coming under who you think I am. I'm coming under who Jesus has declared me and made me to be. I'm a free man. Am I not not an apostle? He's saying, hey, guess what? You know what? I'm functioning like this. When we come in and underneath the lordship of Jesus and his vision and purpose for our life, we come into a spiritual reality that, we, that is very personal and powerful. We know it and it's functional in its outworking in our daily lives. Yes, God wants us to be great parents. Yes, God wants us to be people who, who have got a massively like um, great wisdom in terms of using finance and resource and and, and uh, for the sake of the kingdom. There's functional outworking of all of this. Have I not seen our Lord Jesus? So he's saying, I'm a free man and I'm a functional person in the kingdom of God and in the church and in the world because I've seen Jesus. It's, it, seeing Jesus is where it begins and ends. I think Matt Redman wrote a song about that. Worship starts with seeing you. That's the first, is that, the, I don't know, I think that's the first line of his song. Worship starts with seeing you. Are we seeing Jesus? So how does Paul go about partnering with Jesus in all of that? He says, because I've seen Jesus, he says, I, therefore, I do not run like a person running aimlessly. I do not fight like a person just beating the air, like hoping that I know there's something out there to hit but can't see it. No, he doesn't, he doesn't fight like that. He doesn't run like that. Have you ever seen like those 100-metre runners? You know, they start at the end of the track and they have their lane and they know that where they're going and their eyes are fixed on that finish line. And if you ever watch the intensity with which a 100-metre person runs, they don't look left, they don't look right, they, their, their body is given, their mind is given, their energy is focused they are walking that track out and they just give themselves to that, that moment of following. And they just, with all their might, Paul's saying, because I've seen Jesus, I'm a free man, I'm functioning in the kingdom of God because I am running my lane. And he's not worried about what people think. He's not giving himself over to coming under the judgments of others. He's just, I'm running my lane. He's not going to be distracted. He's not going to be disturbed. He's not going to allow that thorn in the flesh to rob him of his focus of following and carrying the vision of God that he's given him. Is this how we walk? Because this is what's on offer in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, there is vision for for that kind of givenness to the work of God in our lives. Now, what are the situations, you know, whatever the situation is that you apply this to, Solomon says in Proverbs 4.25, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Now, we live in a massive world of like so much going on, visualize, you know, visualizing 
in, in our world. There's so much visual pollution. We, we spend a lot of time online these days and everyone is shooting images and pictures and words and look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And it's going on all the time. And it's wanting to own and direct and influence and tell you how to live and what to follow and where you're going to draw life from. And yet it's in the context of all of this that the wisdom of God in the Bible would say, don't be given to that distraction. Listen to Paul's prayer. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would give you a vision of God. Follow, follow that vision. There's a lot of things that will want to come along and try and rob us of our vision in God. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders us and the, that should say, sin, and the sin that so easily entangles us and let's run the race that's been marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. How are you going? Are you feeling a little entangled? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Follow Jesus. And if I, I'll just finish it by saying, there's a lot of really amazing pearls out there. I quoted this scripture a couple of weeks back. There's a lot of wonderful things we could give ourselves to. There's a lot of amazing things that, that, that God's doing in the earth that I think, gosh, Lord, man, I'd love to be doing that. But it's, that, that's not what he's called me to. He's, giving me, he's given me a lane. He's given me a vision. He's given me a, a track to run in my, for my marriage, for my children, for, um, for this church, for the, the relationships that I'm in all around me, in my workplace. God's given me this. I, I, Kirk, just carry this for me. Run this track for me. And he's doing this with you, with all of us. And for many of you, 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 you know the whispers of that that great pearl, that pearl of great vision of kingdom, life and purpose. You, you've had tastes of it. You've had senses of it. You've had moments of stepping into it. It's that place of tension. It's that place of, oh, I've got a piece but not all and yet I want more and, and yet somehow I'm getting distracted. Well, in this season, I want to invite you in the name of Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit, to, wisdom and revelation to come upon you again that, so that you might grasp Exactly, the joy of the journey that God has for you, for you and for us. Like I said, there's a lot of great pearls out there. But the pearl merchant, when he found the one of great value, in other words, there's lots of pearls, but for that guy at that moment and in that space, there was only one pearl that mattered. And it's like this in our relationship with God. There's a lot of great ideas, a lot of kingdom action. There's a lot of things we could be giving ourselves to. But in this moment, in this space, God would be wanting to give you great vision of that one pearl that you give your life to that comes from following him. Let others carry the pearls they need to carry. 
you carry the pearl that Jesus is asking you to carry. And together there's a great harvest. This morning I want to pray. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would reignite vision of his kingdom, his life, his joy, his power for you. That you would have a revelation of that pearl. Of that pearl of, note, note, note what it says there in the scripture, of great value. Great value. Just think of the moment, just think in this moment, close your eyes and think for me. I'm going, we're going into ministry now. Just close your eyes and think for me and picture what is it what is what is what is it that in your life that you would say this is of great value to me just let that picture come to your heart and your mind and your emotions let the holy spirit begin to talk with you about that Lord Jesus, would you step into that conversation, I pray. And by the power of your spirit, would you release wisdom and revelation that we might trust you with what we hold dearest. That we might trust you with that, Jesus. And would you we open ourselves now to you. Show us the great pearl. We want to see you, Jesus. God, if ever was there a need... I know men and women have prayed it through the ages, but I'm praying it in my age, in my time, and in my space. God, we need people who have a vision of the kingdom of God. Seriously, Father, we need people who've got a vision of the kingdom of God as it's revealed in Jesus. We need them, Lord. We need your church, Lord, right across this land to have a vision of the kingdom of God breaking into the earth right now that we might partner with you, Lord. That we might experience great joy in sacrificing everything that we've got to be a part of that. Show us the great pearl today, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. I feel like that God, God is seriously wanting to release vision right now for people's lives just hands up if that's either 
happening for you in this moment or you are like, I really want that in this moment? Just hands up. Can you? Okay, awesome, wonderful. Can you just keep them up for a second? And I'm going to ask everyone, please, just... Uh, you're going to need to open your eyes for this. For those that have got... to. Can you just put your hand on the person nearest you that's got their hand up? You may need to just turn around or just just near you. Just the person that's got their hand up near you. Just pop your hand on them. Pop your hand on them. That's it. We want to make sure everyone's... Just another, another few here. Thank you. Thank you. Have we we've got everyone got a got there? Excellent. Now up the back there. Thanks, Andrew. Now, Holy Spirit, for those that have just laid their hands on our family, I pray you would release your giftings now to bless what you're doing. And I pray that there would be prophetic utterances and words of encouragement, words of wisdom that would just bring empowerment and encouragement in Jesus' name to those that have got their hands up and saying, I really I want vision right now, Lord. I need to see you. Come, Holy Spirit. Just release your gifts. Release your gifts, I pray in your name, Jesus. Now, folks, just start praying. Just start blessing what God's doing and sharing what God's putting on your heart. And bless, bless them. Bless those people that have got their hands saying, I want this, Lord. Just bless them. You, God, you're so good. That's it. That's it. More, Lord. More, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More. Father, I just ask that in the name of Jesus, we would be a people. I'm just, you know, I, I, we'd be just a, a Jesus-mad following people that we just want to run our track and run it well. Just help us do that for your greater glory and for our joy. And I pray that that would make sense in every person right now that's asking for vision. Whatever the circumstance is, speak, Lord Jesus, speak. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Hey, Bruce, I'm just going to pop some music on in the background there. That would be great. If you could just pop some music on in the background. Thanks, Bo. Folks, just pray. Don't, don't, um, I just want to encourage you. Just engage, engage for just a few moments with God as you're praying for each other. And I just want to say, God bless you having a great week with a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding that you would get a great vision of God for your life and for our life together. God bless your vineyard. You're a wonderful people in Jesus. Thanks that we get to do this together. For your glory, Jesus. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.